0: Welcome aboard the Power Up with Manal podcast, your go-to source for inspiring entrepreneurship, leadership, and mental fitness development. Get ready to push your limits mentally and come away feeling like a turbocharged version of yourself. On this week's episode, I am honored to host Hamza Ali, founder and president of Hamza Invest. Hamza is revolutionizing the commercial real estate industry by bringing institutional level opportunities to everyday investors. Hamza shares his inspiring journey of coming as an immigrant right after college and how he turned his dreams into a multi-million dollar company. He gets real about the challenges, but also what sets him apart, how he learned from his first venture and came out even stronger. And best of all, he did this all out of his home with his entire family running different aspects of his business. Hamza has now launched his own podcast titled Immigrant Unfiltered with Hamza Ali. And I cannot wait for you to listen to this energetic session. In honor of Hamza, we will close with his tagline. Habibi, let's go. So excited to have you here. You have an inspiring journey. You motivate um, like no other. I personally saw a LinkedIn video of yours once upon a time and got super motivated myself and made some life changes. So I'm so stoked to have you here. Um, You have an unconventional journey, and I want the world to hear who Hamza is and your entrepreneurial journey. If you don't mind doing an intro and sharing.
1: We had a really nice conversation uh, prior to this podcast, and we have more similarities than I even imagined. (laughs) Um, And we're going to get into that in, in a little bit. Uh, but my journey is very simple. Um, I grew up in Dubai, uh, and a lot of people think of that as, like, you know, uh, something different than what it really was back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I graduated in eight and that was in the midst of a financial crisis uh, from university. Uh, no jobs to be found. Uh, you had to kind of fend for yourself. And I think that's what really built me the way, you know, they say people who succeeded in O8 can succeed anywhere, right, any time. Because it was literally in the middle of the recession, uh, real estate bubble. And funny enough, I ended up doing real estate after that and succeeding in real estate. So I decided to come to the U.S. about eight years ago. So that was in 2013. Uh, And, you know, uh, wanted to stay here in this country in, in any way I possibly could. Right. And I remember, I still remember, I went to my immigration attorney at that time. Uh, who's a very good friend of mine till today. And he was like, look, man, if you want to stay here, there's only one way to do it. You have to start a business. And the business has to be successful. Because guess what? If the business is not successful, uh, you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to go back home. Wow. And this is just the reality of people who, you know, get their citizenships either by being born here right. or by getting married to a US citizen or by other means that are maybe a little easier, a little simpler family type. Right. You know, for me, it was either this or you go back home. Right. And because, you know, I graduate. I say I was built in 08, I was built so tough that lo- losing was not an option.
0: I, I love yeah. your earth
1: And so, you know, I called my wife. My wife at the time was still in Dubai. I was still paying rent on my house there, so I had expenses there. I had stopped income because I was here, and my kids were there. And I had initially told my wife that, hey, Sana, I'm going to leave the country. I'm going to go to the U.S. for two weeks, and I'm going to come back. And uh, and I picked up the phone two weeks later, and I said, "You know what? I think it's going to be a little longer." And she said, "Okay, what does that mean?" I was like, "I don't know what that means. I need to figure it out." You know, I just had a meeting with my immigration attorney, and he said it's going to be a little. Longer, so I don't know what that means. Ended up being almost a year. Wow! I was here, and my wife and kids were there. Now, oh man! The reason I'm here today is because I had an aunt, and my aunt, very special person. You know, we have a childhood childhood relationship from my Yemen days. Wow! Was an and she called me and she's like, Hansa, you know, look, I don't know what you do. Um, I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish, but if you want a place to stay, I have a place to stay for you. And she opened up her house. By the way, my aunt is Zara's mom.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So, uh, she opened up her house to me for about a year and she said, you know what, just figure it out and we'll make it work. And because of her, and of course, uh, the business, uh, Today, eight years later, nine years later, whatever it is, you know, we've had crazy success.
0: Oh, my Um, God, Hamza, what a story. So you had an ultimatum. You either had to be successful or leave, and you did it.
1: I did it because that's the only thing, that's the only option we had. Wow. You go back back home. And being a Yemeni citizen, you come under a lot of scrutiny. A lot of people think it's easy to immigrate to the U.S. You come here, even if you have money. A lot of people think it's like you have money or oh, you come here and you do what you're supposed to do and you get it. It's right. not working. We go through, as Middle Easterns, as Yemenis specifically, or mm-hmm. um, other nationalities, we go through a lot. Of school. You a lot do. Of it's a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of questioning. Right. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand, you know. Uh, for somebody to come here and establish themselves here, uh, being uh, from that part of the world is extremely difficult, but doable. If I can do it, I think anybody else can do it. Right. Um, and so ended up somehow deciding that I wanted to do real estate, uh, ended up building, you know, uh, one of my flex space developments. First project, uh, realized that, you know what, if I wanted to scale, if I wanted to grow flex space was not where I was going to make that growth because, and I'll tell you why, um, as an individual, you have a limited, uh, you have limited resources,
0: right? If You really want
1: to scale your business. You need to leverage right. those resources out, and at that time, flex space was just not uh, talked about enough. There was no awareness around it, right. um, and so I, I quickly realized that every investor, every person, every institution, I would have a conversation with was more inclined towards multifamily.
0: Right, There's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, what so what timeframe? What time frame was this?
1: I think this was twenty thirteen, fourteen.
0: Ah, okay, that makes sense.
1: 14, 2014, beginning of 2015.
0: So was this a video that when you first started, there was like a warehouse that you got and you were encouraging, um, I think, startups that you would give them space, right? In yeah. your, in, okay, okay, I remember this. Well,
1: no, that was more in 2017. and
0: Okay, okay.
1: One of my projects, which was much larger than my first project. But uh, my first project was very small. I, I was actually fearful of social media back then. Uh, I, I was extroverted, but I didn't know how to communicate and how to get the eyeballs on me. So my story is actually very interesting when it comes to social media. Okay. Social media. Um, so anyways, twenty, you know, uh, 2017, 18 was probably when you saw that video. Uh, what ended up happening is I had an exit, so I ended up going doing multifamily acquired a lot of apartment complexes all over Texas, ended up exiting to its, uh, its private equity, uh, had a very successful exit and then COVID hit in 2020, right? Uh, I had sold my company. I didn't have anything to do. I had literally no purpose in life. I was sitting at home, hanging out. Um, and then one day, uh, you know, TikTok came up. Okay. And I remember that very day. And if you scroll down to my beginning videos, you can okay. see TikTok days. Uh, and they're all quarantine skits. Okay. And so I started dancing and doing comedy on TikTok. You did? I did. <laughs> so the videos are still there. So if you scroll down, you know, it's 20, All right, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> there's, there's skits of me dancing and there's skits of me doing comedy skits on TikTok. Okay. And I got my first 20,000 followers dancing and doing skits.
0: Oh, my God. You did amazing. Because that's what I need to switch my strategy to, because that's what people want. <laughs> that's what I did.
1: Uh, I ended up uh, getting getting a lot of followers, but at that time, it was easy to get TikTok followers because there was just not enough creators. And I used to tell my family, I'm like, guys, you guys need to get on TikTok. You guys need to get on TikTok. But everybody at that time was like, no, we're because they were already established on Instagram. Right. So they refused to make that move. Um, and by the time it was time for, you know, people to move off of TikTok, to, uh, to move from Instagram to TikTok, it was too late because then the algorithms got more difficult. Right, uh, And that's when I realized that, hey, look, I exited a company. I, I've seen success, right? Uh, I worked my way to them. I don't want to work in family anymore. It's too much work. And I know the ins and outs. I know what the debt looks like. I know what right. the equity stuff is. I know who gets paid. I right. know what the problems are. I know all the ins and outs because I was not only an owner, I was also the author property management company. Plus I was a capital stack as well. Okay. So because of that, I really understood the nature of this beast that I created. And at the time I remember 54 employees, uh, extremely high turnover, just because of the nature of the jobs.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's not something that I wanted to do. So I had always been doing flex space on the side, quietly, silently myself. And I was like, you know what, this is such easy money. If I can do this on the side, I can only imagine what my success would look like if I went to do it full time. Right. And that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to post content about flex and I'm going to bash multifamily. So I'm going to trash multifamily. I think it's the worst asset class right now. And the thing is, believe it or not, Manon, nobody can argue with me because I know the business inside out. So as soon as I get people who are like, Oh yes, multifamily is X, Y, and Z. I tell them, okay, come have a conversation. With you. Yeah. Right. You're a Sophisticated, uh, investor. I'm a sophisticated investor. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk returns. Let's talk management. Let's talk effort. Mm-hmm. Let's talk time. Let's talk time value of money. And once we do, once we have all those conversations, flex space or industrial in general, always comes out on top. Even if your return may be marginally less, the amount of effort you are putting into something right. like that is
0: right. is almost zero. Right. So holistically, right? your return we- is actually greater. Your intrinsic value is greater exactly because
1: now you can focus on doing all these really cool things uh with your life you know for me also there was one question uh in your questionnaire that was like what is one thing that you are not like ashamed of or something i can't remember along those lines right the one thing i'm not ashamed of is i i I actually enjoy working i don't believe in work-life balance right for me work
0: balances my life
1: and the partner that i have right son of my wife No knew that the day she married me. Right. And she didn't try to change that. She didn't try to change me. She didn't try to, you know, uh, mold me into something else. This is what I like. This is what I enjoy. So this is what I'm going to do.
0: But but you know, Hamza, I I almost feel like that's a mistake most humans make, is that they try to balance work and life. But in reality, integrating your work into your life creates better clarity on how to manage your life. And I exactly. think that's a boat that's just missed by a lot of people. And that's why there's so much anxiety and depression and burnout because they're trying to do both separately. But your work is integrated into your life. And and uh, yeah. we actually teach this in our, in our thought leadership, too. So I love that you said that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, I, I coach, I mentor, I consult. I tell people that, look, if you really love what you do, which I really do, I'm really passionate about it. Uh, if you really believe it solves a problem, which once again I really do, uh, and if you believe it inspires and helps people like yourself,
0: right,
1: uh, just the conversation
0: around it, yeah, why not?
1: Do it? Why not do it all the time? In fact, my marketing team right now we were posting uh, two to three times a day. Yes. Okay. And the first thing that was told to me was that look, Hamza, you post too much. You're not gonna. It's not gonna go anywhere. Because people are going to be like oh man he's back he's back he's back yeah but believe it or not i have gone more not less
0: yeah that's I what Gary airbd been... says you need to do breakfast lunch dinner and a couple snacks <laughs> yes.
1: yeah and the amount of doors that social media has opened for me uh that TikTok has opened for me that instagram has opened for me that linkedin has this conversation that you and i are having right it's because of social media. exactly right and so the mindset now is completely different to where the way I operate my business now is a journal. And a lot of people ask me, look, uh, like, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to do it. I don't want to, you know, uh, post. I can't. And, I, and, and the one thing I tell them is do it for yourself. If you had something that you could tell your children 20 years from today, that's a beautiful story, but it will rely on your memory. And that could be romanticized. Right, but if you have it in short form content and you tell them, "Here's my account. Go look at it. It is the way it is," and your kids will, or whoever it is that you are trying to, you know, uh, talk to, can now listen to what you have. To
0: yeah, say. it's like almost like your legacy, right? Exactly. And that, that's the exactly. other—that's the other mistake humans make, right? We believe time is on our side, right? And it's right. not. And exactly. what are we, when we leave? What are we leaving? We're leaving exactly. our the impact we're making, right? Yep. I, I, a hundred percent.
1: Yes. (laughs) For me, you know, this is the most important thing. Uh, You know, once you get to a certain stage in your life and you feel like now I can make other people better, this is kind of, this is what actually intrigued me to speak to you because you you talk all about the force multiplier. You're not even about the founder. You're not even about the CEO. You're more about the person who makes that person. Right. Right. And so, this is kind of where I'm at, where I need these force multipliers around me at all times in order to implement, in order to do, in order to structure, in order to guide me sometimes. Believe it or not, like we're hosting a conference right now. It's a thousand-person conference. It's going to right. be in a couple of weeks. We have some amazing speakers lined up. Uh, and I know nothing about conferences. But I know that it's going to be the best conference in flex space that America has seen.
0: Oh, man. And, I, can't and even, reason, I can't even wait to hear about it. <laughs> you know, I would
1: rather come. <laughs> it's going to be an Elon Musk, Tesla, Cybertruck type reveal where we are actually bringing metal structures on stage and we're going to show the world what we've been working on and wow. what this is the future. So it's something very complex that we're trying to accomplish. And the reason I'm so excited about it is because I have force multipliers behind me who can't implement, who are competent. right. Right? And these competent people uh, supercharge me into believing it can be done. And then that just creates the hype around a successful leader.
0: I love it. I love it. Especially because having the force multipliers by your side helps you create the space you need to be in all the angles that you're at. You don't need to be putting the show together. You know that the show needs yes. to be there and the vision, the direction, and basically the outcome, right? You're already outlining what the outcome should look like.
1: Exactly, I and, love uh, and I think my team now, and I, and because we're also family, I told you that, right? everybody who works with me is family. So share, kind of share, share that
0: a little bit, share that a little bit with the audience.
1: Yeah, so um, I came to America, started a business, first hired my sister, uh, then hired my other sister, then hired my third sister, then hired my cousin. <laughs> my brother-in-law also works with me in the business, love. and my wife.
0: Your wife is your uh, force multiplier,
1: right? Yes. My wife is my, my wife, Sana is my force multiplier. She, she's the CEO of one of my businesses. Um, now, when I say one of my businesses, I am very niche down. So I'm not all over the place. I actually don't believe that people should be doing too many different type of things, unless they're like Elon Musk type, uh, you know, uh, people, right? Uh, I have a belief where people should focus on one thing at a time, um, get that, get that to kind of run then jump, jump on to their next, whatever that is. Uh, but, I, but I do feel like they need to op- automate scale, uh, implement, automate scale, and then move on to the next thing. That's kind of how I, you know, so when I'm in, in one thing, I focus on that one thing. Uh, once that one thing is, we're getting to scalability now, and we have to, like, hire people and bring, right. you know, uh, high-level executives to run that, that is when we move on, jump ship, and maybe try the other thing. But, uh, so Sana basically is the CEO of one of my businesses. My goal, and her goal, is to only be CEO for six months. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna get that business up to where it needs to get to, and once we feel like it's reached to a certain point, she and I are both comfortable replacing ourselves. Uh, and that is something that really I think a lot of people get get attached and don't realize that sometimes as a founder or as a CEO, you may be the bottleneck of your business. Without right.
0: it. Right. too much
1: vision, too much vision will always kill a business. Yeah, because Every day, like me, I have too much vision. My whole team tells me, Hamza, you have too much vision. I <laughs> That's
0: why like you need force multipliers.
1: Because <laughs> they're the implementers, right? I'm the visionary. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when I go away, the business actually starts functioning uh, and becomes more efficient. Now, my job is just to guide and steer it to where it needs to go. Right. Uh, but like I said, so, you know, my brother-in-law is the CEO of my real estate fund. Uh, It's a significant, you know, that's my bread and butter. That's how I kind of make my money. Um, And the way I I started a real estate fund is built these uh, flex spaces. I realized that there's a lot of people now after I've started voicing my opinions on flex spaces and trashing other type of asset classes. Now, there's a lot of people who are interested in investing with me, which is fine, right? Uh, So we had to create a fund and then we had to fund that fund. So now we have all of these investors who come from all over the world, by the way, to invest. That's uh, just because of the power of social media, you know, if you told me two years ago, Hamza, let's start a fund around right. FlexPay, and it's going to be a two hundred million dollar project, uh, I would not know how I would get access. I mean, I would maybe get access to maybe fifty million, but beyond that, I would really, really be clueless as to how am I going to run this business, right? And this is what people don't understand that you know, you don't need millions of followers to to accomplish something of that magnitude because because I'm in such a specific niche. Right. Fund a $10 million project in one hour because of a TikTok that I started dancing on. Wow. And today has grown. And in my niche, I'm probably the largest player. Really? The most heard- I'm
0: doing a dancing TikTok this weekend. That's, that's a lesson. Get my niche followers and then show, show the value of what I'm trying to produce. You know,
1: so... Uh, I did dances. Dances did good. I, I don't have that many. I did skits. So I yeah. would do like funny skits. You know, yeah. Like, uh, with background uh, music and that type of thing. And those actually did way better. Right. Because look, if there's something you cannot replace, your followers cannot replace, it's you yourself. Yeah, exactly. So they more than anything. Yeah. Once you start talking about business and just business and just advice, <laughs> you can find that anywhere. Yeah. You know, like if you're telling me, uh, Manal, who grew up in Saudi and now has family in Dubai, is half... Well, Pakistani half Arab, that in itself is a huge like if I were to tackle social media in your place today, that's actually what I would tackle.
0: Yeah, Definitely. and I'm doing the complete opposite. I'm tackling the business, the the products, not yeah. me, but I guess these you're are, right. am,
1: and these are the, the issues that I had and I'm being
0: upfront and honest about
1: it. You yeah know, as a child, this is what I did with my dad's side, this is how it was, with my mom's side, this is yeah. how it was. And and this is kinda of where you get that virality, you know what I mean? Uh, and then from there you start, uh, then, and you know, humans are humans, they forget. So from that, you start then moving into, uh, your, whatever it is, your core focus.
0: Right. Uh,
1: And then, you know, and then they follow.
0: So, so all this, right. When someone's hearing, and that's what happens, you hear about Hamza, Hamza's story, Hamza succeeded, but there's also a dark side. There's a side that's you know, a lot of grit, a lot of emotions, emotional roller coaster. Uh, maybe self-doubt, maybe not, I don't know, but maybe share a little bit, a time where it wasn't so, where you didn't actually see the light and how do you stay, how did you stay focused? Because I think that's when most people quit or go back or they're like, maybe this isn't for me, maybe entrepreneurship isn't for me, but also people have to realize it's not a one and done, right?
1: Yeah. So, you know, look, I believe that if you want to succeed, you give it everything you got.
0: Yeah. And there's
1: no point looking at the dark side. What is the point? Like if me and you had a conversation and I told you, yeah, you know, when I first started, I didn't see the light and there was a lot of confusion. And right. The brain was up and I had, you know, my wife, uh, my immigration, my bank accounts were not looking right. that good and I have a family and everybody's. What's the point? What does that accomplish? It doesn't do anything. Right? Even for your viewers, even for your people who are listening to it, even for the youth, whoever it is that is listening to this, the one thing I will say is that work so hard that there is no way you fail. I love it. And whatever, and whatever that means to you, if that means you put in 200 hours a week, or if that means you put four hours a week, right, as long as you have worked hard enough to where you can wake up the next day and say, I will not fail because I literally cannot fail because of how hard I'm working. Put in that much time, put in that much effort. There will never be light at the end of the tunnel, especially if you're entrepreneurial. If you want to start a business, if you're hungry, you have fire, you know, whatever it is, you want to build a team, you want to scale. There will never be that light. It's never going to happen. Once you see it and you get to it, it's going to become darker because now you have the next hurdle to go over. So, I actually don't think that there was ever a moment in my life where I went through hardship because I refused to do that. Right. There is no point. There, There is no, absolutely no good that comes out of
0: that. Yeah. No, I love that. Hamza, I love that so much. Mindset matters so much. Mental clarity and fitness matters so much. And belief. Absolutely. I mean, you had faith yep. in yourself.
1: Absolutely. And that's, you know, and that is kind of, the mindset that I have even today, where it's like, I will work so hard that it is impossible to fail,
0: right? you know?
1: And that's kind of how I think about it.
0: That's your next shirt. Because I know you like to put your, I know I know, you like to put your slogans on your shirt.
1: <laughs> so, so, you know, funny story, okay? I was sitting with my team. I had sold my business, Grace Fair Capital. The reason I named it Grace Fair Capital was because I needed a Western name in order to succeed and the name served its purpose. Grace it. hey, Capital was a very successful company. It served its purpose. Now I have a new vision, and I was like, you know what? I want to call my company Hanza Invest. And I, I had a team of four people, and they're like, why? Why would you call a company a private equity firm right. in the U.S. that does multi-million-dollar you know business acquisitions, whatever it is, Hansai Invest? And I was like, because my TikTok is Hansai Invest. And so I'm just going to go off on my social handle. So I my company, to invest. Uh, and then I said, you know what? I need a tagline. And, and the reason I need a tagline was because I was watching this other TikToker, super successful guy. and He has this tagline. It's like, where's my money? Or where's the money? Or something like that. You okay. And, uh, and so I was like, my tagline is going to be Habibi, let's go.
0: I love that so, so much.
1: <laughs> so you can only imagine me sitting here with American people telling them that my tagline is going to be Habibi, let's go. And they're like, the first thing that was told to me is that, bro, this is America. Yeah. And that just fueled the fire even more. Yeah. I was like, what do America? He's like, yeah, yeah. It's America, bro. You need to come up with something, you know, a little more American. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to do Habibi, let's go. I created a whole merch line. Yeah. Created this logo. I started using it in all my sentences. Believe it or not, I have American people. American people blonde hair, blue eyes. Run down the street when they see me today, and they're like, "Habibi, let's go!" Bro. Oh my God,
0: I love it, Hamza. I love it. But the thing is, you brought you brought your whole self. That is who you are genuinely. So, and I do think and, there is a form of self—I mean, fulfillment—that doesn't happen when we're putting masks on who we really are.
1: Right. And so now, whenever I walk the street, whether it's with my wife, whether it's with my kids, and my kids really love it; they enjoy it. Uh, you'll just hear someone, "Hey, Habibi, let's go!" You know. And it's so exciting. It's so cute. Uh, and this all came out of an idea that someone actually told me, don't do it. It's a bad idea. You're in the U.S.
0: It's not going to work. That just fueled you right there.
1: Right there. And then, that, that then gave it me more. Fueled you
0: for the right, it fueled you for the right reasons. And that's what's right. important. The right reasons. Right. Because self-identity and being true to yourself and bringing, like you said, right? When you get, when, when people are looking at Manal, what are they watching? You could, I could put a whole bunch of business thought leadership TikToks out there, yeah. but they're looking for that genuine person that has maybe an edge. What is it, right? Why do I come back? And you have you, Hamza is your S factor. It is you.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I actually tell this to all my immigrant uh, influencer people who want to become influencers.
0: Yeah, you need,
1: you need a tagline that is custom to you, whatever that is, and you need to force it down people's like. Don't say it once and forget. You right. Know, you need to like continuously do it in every video somewhere, somehow, uh, so that people remember you. Because look, we live in a seven second world today. Everything is uh seven to thirty seconds, right? If they scroll up, it's seven. If they hold on, it's thirty seconds. Right. And you need you need to do everything you can to grab people's attention in those thirty seconds.
0: You got it. That's true. What's your tagline? I did a tagline now. You got me thinking a lot. Of- I'm all added my head. <laughs>
1: What would your tagline be? If you were to make a tagline right now, what would that look like?
0: I know. You put me on the spot there. I need to think about this just a little.
1: (laughs) It would have to be, look, it would have to be you, you know, it would have to be uh, part of your cultures, and it would have to be very unique um, that people are aware that this is not a local tagline, you know, it's something uh, that identifies with you strictly. Right, and with me, Habibu, let's go just made sense, you know. With you, you need to like. And the thing is, I was very careful with how I picked it. I could have picked "Let's Go, Habibi." Yeah, I could have, picked, you know, I could have modified it in some way, but I wanted it to be intentionally motivational, like intentionally right. motivational. Right, you know, to work. Come on, let's just go. Let's just do it. You know, let's not let's not hold back. Let's just keep going. And this is why. That's
0: so. That's so great, Hamza. You're so great. You probably hear that all the time, And I'm just saying genuinely. From and I, I, I only speak genuinely, so so if I say you're going to, I, I really feel it. <laughs> awesome. um, so tell us something. So, so I was going to ask the, the, the question about the multifamily. I kind of threw in there because I knew that was something that you uh, that's what people believe that you don't believe in, right? But is there something people are genuinely surprised to find out about you?
1: I think I have my team. They're like you know, uh, guiding me on what to say. But uh, I, I, <laughs> you, you got your force
0: multipliers telling you what to say. <laughs> right
1: here. What do you think would be something about me? I fly planes. So okay, wait. Let me clar- let me clarify that. Okay, uh, I fly RC planes. Okay. Well, planes. And well, I have well, a passion.
0: I, I don't. Um, do I should I know what so, that is?
1: So they're like remote no, control like
0: simulator.
1: Well, they're actually real. Like, you know, you take off and you land them in the sky and whatnot. They they're pretty com- they're pretty complex things to fly. Okay. Uh and I, I enjoy them so much that I bought I bought my own own office, like whole office, these aircrafts. And so I guess that's one thing that not a lot of people know about me. Uh but yeah.
0: Is it like what what is it about that aircraft that
1: <laughs> So, so I'll tell you what it's about. It's yeah. like because I, I answer to so many people on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'm and i just so busy and my mind is all over the place when I'm working. Uh, sometimes there's there's no real way for me to turn my mind off. Even when I'm sleeping, my mind is like working somehow, right? And I need to find something to focus on that can eliminate everything else that I'm
0: doing. Yeah. At
1: this point. And just, it it gives me time to recharge. Yeah. And so driving to the park, loading up this plane, little plane, taking it off, flying it for, you know, 20, 30 minutes in the air. uh, It really just allows my brain to like, almost like recharge. I won't say shut down because it never shuts down, but it allows it to recharge because I'm just focusing on that flight, on that experience. uh, Which is why I think I took up that hobby, uh, you know, like a year ago or so. And I've been getting better at it. Uh, but this is not something that I talk about. It's not something that I post. But I think it is something that is important for all entrepreneurs. Everybody right. needs to find their own uh, flying a plane.
0: Right. You know? Their outlet. For me, I found,
1: exactly. For me, I found my peace with this. Uh, for other people, it may be something else. You know. Go yeah. find it. It's important. You need to recharge.
0: Yeah. No, I, I completely get it. I mean, I'm, I'm a big yogi and I meditate a lot. And that's yeah. that's my outlet. And that was very hard. It is very hard to find your silence when you're never silent. And I actually had a mentor that asked me that one day. I was, I remember I was like this very, like I have actually calmed down a lot. I was even more fiery, right? And I mean, I have Palestinian in my blood. So I'm like, ah! (laughs) And uh, he sat me down he's like, Manal, he's like, what is your silence? I was like, what? What do you do? What do you mean? He's <laughs> like, what is your silence sound like? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have silence in my life. Plus I'm a mother and I have to put like 18 hours of work. Cause I was in the IB in 10 hours yeah. and I have to go home to a whole bunch of dependents. And then culturally, I'm also sort of held to a standard of uh, expectations. I can't just come home and put my feet up and kind of be like, okay, it's been a long day, you know? Um, and yeah. so you just kind of are always on the go. And I, yeah. I also and so
1: meditation was your outlet.
0: Meditation is my outlet, and I love it. And I, I m- might, might actually at this point believe that I could maybe elevate. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> that will be a med- video because that's going to be interesting.
1: <laughs> how long you meditate right now?
0: Um, usually, um, I, I wake up, I meditate, and then I meditate before I sleep.
1: Okay. Okay. So you are pretty like on schedule with your meditation. Yes. Okay, seriously.
0: No, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had, I mean, you know, you, you talked about it, right? I, I also don't look at my life as a hardship, but I've had, you know, quite a few challenges. So understanding, look, I can't, you can't control what you can't control. So to me, there's a whole factor of things that are uncontrollable. Then there's reality. Like you have to accept outcomes. And if I'm staying in a certain position or made a certain decision, I will accept the outcome. Sometimes it's not a pleasant outcome. So you need, you need an outlet or some time to yourself, like you said, to reflect, recharge, maybe call an audible and pivot if you need to, right? Like you just got to take action. You just got to move. You got to move. Like you're moving forward. You can't go back, right? We're not Superman. We can't turn back time. Like we can't fly back change things, right? So, you know, those things are important, but it is uh, the most difficult, I would say, emotion for humans to deal with. And that is why anxiety and depression is the number one challenge in most societies today. Because we are in a fast-paced, digital, like you said, seven to 30-second society. How do you deal with it, right?
1: Yeah. And burnout is definitely real. You know, um, I, I definitely know of a lot of people who go through it uh, I personally have not gone through it just yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a real thing. And it impacts people's lives, you know, uh, it does. in a negative way. So uh, I think people need to uh, know what their limits are, what their boundaries. Everybody's different. Right. Everybody has different desires, different drives, different passion, different, you know, uh, endurance. And so people should really uh, act accordingly.
0: Yeah. And maybe even having, like you said, understanding the people you need around you. I think that's so important. It's so important because I naturally, I mean, more, I would say, let's just, if I take myself as an example, I'm a pretty passionate person. So emotions are up and down and I will, you know, express them. I have my husband who we've been together since we were like 19. And he's so chill. He'll be like, does it matter? I'm like, yeah. I have to say he's right. like, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. But when you have somebody that has that voice next to you, and it could be anybody, I'm not talking about a spouse, but it could be your business partner, it could be your peers, your friend group, like, you have to have a good network. We are human. We are, we interact.
1: a good network and a good support system as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you
1: need people uh, to root for you when, you when you are up, you need to root for people when they're going up, you know, exactly. uh, it, it needs to be, like you mentioned earlier, very collaborative, right. rather than you know, this is something that I learned in my multifamily days, actually. And when I was uh, out there bidding for these apartment complexes, now back then, you you know, you were in the finance industry, you know how the multifamily world uh, was. And at one point, it got very competitive. Right. So, you know, people would list a property, and I'm talking not too long ago, 2017, 2018. Uh, you list the property, you get multiple offers, right? And I would be one of those offers, and so would my friend. Uh, and my friend would sometimes win. And what I, what I, what I would do is I would really pick up the phone because I'm, you know, I would get emotional and I'd be like, hey man, you knew I was bidding on this deal.
0: Right. Why
1: did you, why did you outbid me? Yeah. I know it's a good deal. It's going to make my investors money. It's going to make me money. Yeah. but now I missed out on it because my friend bought it. And one day, uh, he, he never told me anything at that point. Okay. Uh, he never responded. He was like, hey man, you know, uh, we're, we're, you'll get the next one or whatever it was. And then one day, I ended up winning a deal. So I was the highest bid,
0: and okay. the good deal.
1: The yeah. The same friend calls me and listen to this because this is something that opened my eyes. He calls me and he's like, "Hey, man, I would love to invest in your deal." And that changed everything. It opened my eyes to uh, why didn't I invest in his deals when yeah. I knew that they were the right deal? And I became emotional and fought him over him winning rather than telling him, "Hey, man, I would love to invest in your deal." I have investors. And I'm, I, and I would love to, you know, place yeah. money in your. And that really opened my eyes to, those are the type of we don't need people like me or people like me back then. Around right. Me. I needed more people like him. Right. Who was collaborative, and who understood uh, how to do business really. Right. And that day, I remember that day. I shut the phone, and, and something in my brain just unlocked. Right. You know? where it was like okay stop this competitiveness and figure out a way to be more collaborative with other people so that you can do bigger business
0: yes
1: that's where bigger business started oh my
0: god and i feel like baby let's go fits in there (laughs) exactly wow so hamza thank you so much your your wisdom your inspiration your words i mean it, it it will resonate with a lot of people that are listening um, and, and individuals are in different phases. And I feel like those who get inspired most are the ones that have ideas or have a chance to pull a lever and just don't. And there's so many. I mean, I I was one of those people once upon a time, right? And I'm like, and I, I remember, like, I had in my head created so many things. And I'm like, oh, man, why did I not launch? <laughs> um, are there any, are there any? parting ending like anything you want to share to close close us out today
1: yeah so to close you know this conversation out this this conversation was initiated by me being intrigued with your uh force multiplier right and i think a lot of people think that they are the force multiplier but they're really not they're either founders or visionaries and they just don't know when the right time to to delegate these things to the right people is. And I think that's extremely important. Uh, And I think people need to identify this as either their strength or their weakness, the way they look at it. right? Um, And I think the faster they get something like this done is really uh, faster they get to unlock the success that they are indeed looking for. Because remember, everybody's here rooting for you. If you're the entrepreneur, if you're the visionary, your whole team is rooting for you because you are that racehorse. Um, So you better win. Uh, because otherwise you have all these cheerleaders and force multipliers. Uh, and you are not on, on the winning horse. And I think right. that's extremely
0: important. What people misunderstand is they feel like if they're not doing all those things, like I'm rolling my sleeves up and I'm doing all the scheduling, like that's great. But is that what you call success or is your business multiplying and yeah. growing and scaling success? Because if it's the latter, then you need the space to do that. All this other stuff that you're so proud that you rolled your sleeves up on doesn't really matter in the long term because now you didn't create the space to do business development, to go market yourself, to go promote, to go build um, you know what channels you need to be in, et cetera, et cetera. Funding, right? And um, it's a very different beast and you need to create that space. And so I myself, it's funny, you teach it, you're you're in it, you, you've Maybe ran a couple things, and then you sometimes have to remind yourself, like, "Oh man, like I, I'm I'm at a point where I'm pivoting," you know.
1: Yes, absolutely. I also would like to just add one more thing. I think yes. businesses are changing, and times are changing. Right? to Where I myself have realized that I actually give away all the value for free. So everything I do, I say I do, and I show I do, come to everybody before they become a touch point for free. Mm. Um, and in exchange, uh, the people that want more or need more then automatically reach out to us. Right. So uh, our business has completely changed. My business has completely changed to where now we have people throwing themselves at us as opposed to me chasing people for funding. Right. Um, and all this has happened because uh, the realization is that you need to provide all, absolutely every drop of value up front.
0: Right right no that's such good advice thank you so much such good advice i am so thrilled to have you here today plus you guys aren't far so i'm going to be visiting the hamza invest team <laughs> you guys... our
1: office is uh, getting ready to open probably in the next 20 days so oh,
0: really?
1: invite to our launch party
0: Oh, yes, please. That'd be so exciting. That's so exciting. And I think if we were to take anything from today, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in success. Like we are all going to go out there. You know what? This is great. It's the end of 2022 and we are going out there and we will be successful.
1: Habibi, let's go.
0: Habibi, let's go. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. On each episode, we will continue to bring on successful, dynamic individuals to dig deep and share stories that will inspire you to power up your life. This show is packed with unrivaled storytelling and no reservation advice. Tune in now by searching Power Up with Manal wherever podcasts are found. Please show us just a little bit of love by leaving a review and hitting that subscribe button. This helps our small production get reach and voices heard globally. Let's power up together, baby.